Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can take this time and just bring our thanksgiving to you. Opportunities to witness and to share our testimony. Lord, we're thankful that we can see your working in our lives and be able to use what we see to tell other people about you. We thank you for your blessings and your watch care over us. We thank you for the church where we can meet together and be encouraged in your word. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you have given us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Dismissed to their class. The rest of us, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And we've been not systematically, but wandering through the Psalms on Sunday nights for the last uh, several uh, Sundays, months of Sundays actually. There's 150 Psalms. We could spend a lot of time here, but we're not going to cover every every Psalm, but uh, Psalm 103, and let's just take a moment And read through the psalm in its entirety. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children." To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. 
It is a beautiful, beautiful psalm. It was meant to be sung. In fact, uh, one of the men writing on this said that this psalm here really encompasses the entire uh, history and action and scope of all the scriptures all in one psalm. And uh, really, there's no theme in the Bible that is not mentioned in Psalm 103. But we, we start the psalm, David starts this psalm, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, most of the time when we think of blessings, we think of something that comes our way from God. And yet, here we have the psalmist putting the blessing back in the opposite direction. He is saying, bless the Lord. Now, if I were to ask you the question tonight, how many of you would like to make God happy? I think every hand would go up. I mean, that's what we would want to do. And this is what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. I want my soul to make God happy, to bless the Lord, to bring joy to God. Now, how in the world can a sin-sick soul bring blessing and joy and peace to God? Well, number one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord loves us, not for his betterment, but for ours. You know, oftentimes we'll have stories and praise God it has not happened here in our church. We, we work very diligently. A young, young man meets young woman and uh, whenever anybody comes in for counseling and pre- preparation for marriage, we, we spend some time on this. Marriage is not about you. The reason you marry that person is not so they can help you out. If you're not on your own two feet and you can't be a blessing to them, don't saddle that person with your problems. Amen? Uh, that's not what marriage is about. And our relationship with God, God comes to us. Not because he needs us. Oh, I, I, there's nothing that makes me angry more quickly than people who take God and describe him as someone that needs us. That's not true. God doesn't need your prayers to get his work done. He doesn't depend upon you. He wants to use your prayers because he wants to answer them. And when you have God answering your prayers, guess who gets the joy? Well, you do, don't you? Uh, when God uses you to accomplish his work, we're the ones that receive the blessing because he's got to fix a lot to use us. It reminds me of a friend I used to know. He's with the Lord now, but uh, he was not a, uh, a very, uh, how shall we say, fortunate man when it came to automobiles. Uh, he just, I mean, if you've ever heard the term jalopy, uh, that described guys' cars. I mean, I don't matter what car it was. It was just an old piece of junk. And uh, 
I remember one time he came up and he said, you're not going to believe this. They stole my car. He said, pray. He said, it's an old piece of junk. They stole it. He came back a day or two later and he said, praise the Lord. They stole my car. They had to fix it so they could use it. It runs better now than it did before. I mean, it's how the Lord, you know, we sometimes we put the Lord in a little box. And we say, Lord, I want you to do this. No, the Lord benefits us. Amen. He always benefits us. Now, look what he does. The first issue you have with God is your sin. Verse 3, this is personal. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. If you have forgiveness today, it's because you went to God and got it. The next one is often taken out of context by certain people who are trying to make the word of God say things that they wanted to. Who healeth all thy diseases. Now the simple truth of the matter is, if you have healing, it's because God gave it to you. Amen. But does God always choose to heal everything? No. That's what this verse is saying is, when I have healing, guess where I look? Now, if you have a serious problem and you, and you go to a doctor and he says, we're going to put you on such and such a medicine, I'm thankful for all of those things. I think you ought to do that. But when you're cured, yes, say thank you to the doctor. But remember who gave him the wisdom? Remember who made the medicine work? Remember who gave him the skill to cut you open? And you're still alive after it's all said and done. I mean, that is that thing of surgery is amazing to me. And uh, I, I'm glad for it. Uh, I just kind of pray I don't have to ever do it again. But I'm, I'm glad that the Lord has given men those abilities. And when somebody said, well, I want a Christian doctor. No, I, I want the best doctor. And I'll pray that God can take care of him and use him. Amen. Uh, and uh, the Lord takes care of those things. He healeth our diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Now, I mean, we could spend a whole Sunday night on each one of these phrases. But how many of you have lived long enough to see what would have happened if you got to do what you wanted? That's what that verse means. He saved us from destruction. Now, our younger people in here tonight, you listen to mom and dad because they'll give you the instructions that God has for you to keep you from destroying yourself. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'll tell you what. You can care about people in a church because God is good. In the world, when somebody is kind to you or pretends to want to express affection, toward you better watch out because there's usually strings attached. There's usually something else that is going on. You see, God doesn't love us to get. 
I've heard so many things and you go through the card rack at the store and it'll go, thank you for your unconditional love. That, that is such a lie most of the time. Only God can allow you to love another human being without conditions. It is our natural impulse to say, wow, I bet that person could really help out around here. Let me pay some special attention. No, that's not what it's about. It's about caring about people because they're there. That's the way God cares for us. And that's the way we can share that love in our lives. That's the crown of life, is it not? I mean, that's what it says. He crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. The fact that you can reach out to someone and not try to get something in return. That is the greatest accomplishment in this life. Let God crown your efforts with his love. Amen. These are some of his benefits. These are the personal benefits. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I didn't have a whole lot of time and preparing for this to go through the entire life cycle of the eagle, but I will tell you what eagles do every year. They get new feathers. They throw the old ones out. They're worn. They're battered with the flying and all of that. They get brand new feathers. They molt. You know, how many of you have ever experienced all weary and just beat up and discouraged, you know, like Wednesday morning, and uh, and then someone comes by and says, now wait a minute, let's look at this realistically. The world has not ended. We've got to serve the Lord. And you know, if the other guy had won, we wouldn't have done much better, I'll tell you. It's a pretty sad race. That's why the answer's not there. The answer is in God's people. And we need a renewed desire to get out there and win souls. You know what? Only God changes hearts. You try to convince other people, and that's part of the problem with this last election cycle, is everybody was trying to convince somebody of something. You know what? It doesn't work that way. Only God changes hearts. And we've got to understand that those are his benefits. He'll encourage us. He'll lift us up when we are down. He will renew our youth. You know, I, when I read this verse, you know who I think of first? Charlie Horton. I mean, that guy is almost 81 years old, suffering from... Actually, two different types of cancer at the same time. And he calls me up uh, the week before we go to Montreal and says, Now, I want you to come over here. We've got to get these New Jersey pastors in evangelism. I want you to come over and preach for me at this meeting. And, and I'm sitting here, Brother Horton, i got so much going on. This Wait a minute. Brother Horton, I'm going. I'm just going to go. And I'll tell you, I received such a blessing. But to just see this man who, is, who could be 
just sitting at home doing nothing, waiting to die, just out there doing things, I'll tell you what, that you talk about renewed youth, there it is. I mean, he is going, and that's what we need to be doing. And, and I could spend a lot more time here. Go through these verses when we're done. These are God's benefits in your life. But God's benefits don't stop in your personal life. Look what it says here. Verse 6. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. I mean, even in a free country like America, there are a lot of people who are under oppression. They're trapped by circumstances and economics and and all of these different things that are going on. Hey, the Lord's going to execute righteousness. I think of the people across this world who are suffering because the only thing they want to do is worship God without having to bow the knee to the local, fill it in, imam, witch doctor, priest, communist party official, government. I mean, the list goes on and on of people who want to oppress other people. He executeth righteousness, the Bible says, and judgment. Now, here's how he did it. He made known his ways unto Moses. God gave us his law. So that we can understand the difference between right and wrong. It has been said and should oft be repeated. We have two and a half million laws on the, on the federal uh, legislative uh, uh, docket, I guess, of the United States of America. Each one of them trying to enforce the Ten Commandments. I, I like that. And... Uh, If we would just keep the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't have to worry about all those other things, now would we? But the simple truth of the matter is, God gave Moses the law 1,800 years before Christ was born. It's still good. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. I've I've heard preachers say, I just wish God would judge this country. No, not me. He is judging our country, but I'll tell you what, his mercy has given us time to reach others. I'm glad that God is not near as impatient as I am. Amen. I'm glad that he is merciful and gracious, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now, this is talking primarily to the nation of Israel. As David was the king, and he was talking about all the rotten things that are in Israel's history. Read the book of Judges if you want to find out how bad it got. I mean, it it was about as bad as you could imagine and even worse. Yet, you know what? God's not sitting up in heaven going... One, two, three. Boom! I gotcha. That's a God that was invented by mankind. 
God is long-suffering. He is giving us... And even when God judges us, He does not give us the full impact of our wrongs. This is God's nature. And we need to look to Him and enjoy His benefits. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is the mercy toward them that fear Him. Now, there's a subject I would love to just take the whole night on, the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the key to this psalm. We need to understand that God is holy. When is the last time you were more afraid of offending God than you were your boss at work? When you were more afraid of offending God than your peers in school. When you were more afraid of offending God than to make nice with those that were cursing his name. I'll tell you what, the fear of the Lord. Let's understand something. God is real. He is present. And he is gracious but he is powerful and he will judge our sins. Verse 12 is one that we quote often, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Aren't you glad he didn't say north and south? You see, you can go north and you're going to come to a point to where you cannot step any direction. You'll be going south. That's where north meets south. You can go south, and you can find a south pole. In fact, I've seen a picture of it. They actually got one of them candy cane poles with a brass globe on top of it down there at south pole. And, and, uh, but when you stand there, no matter which direction you go, you're going to be going north. When you head east, the only way you can head west is to turn around. East never meets west. A space shuttle journey is my favorite illustration of this. They'll travel millions and millions of miles in just a few days in space. But when that space shuttle takes off heading east, guess which direction it lands? Heading east. Because once you get into orbit, you can't turn that thing around. You bring it back down in the same direction you left. That's how far God separated our sins. That's his benefit. Not only personally. This is talking about corporately as a nation. You wonder why we're still around. It's because God forgives sin. Amen. Enjoy and live in his benefits. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. 
But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. One of the great duties that has been neglected and one of the reasons why our nation is in the trouble that it is in is because the former generations here on this soil did not do the job of imparting this faith in God to the generation that follows. It's a scary thing, but most of the time, many times I go to Bible college and and I'll meet students there and I, I just enjoy being on campus, but I'll hear a name and I said, are you related so-and-so that's a preacher? I Oh, no, no, my dad was this or that. I'll tell you what, we, we need that generational. The children. I mean, that's one of the things I'm excited about in our church is we are watching some children grow up. We want to see them serve the Lord. That is something that God said. He will give you. Your children, but you have to fear him in order for that to happen. To such as keep his covenant, to those that remember his commandments to do them, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, his kingdom ruleth over all. Every time I start getting depressed and worried about everything going on in this earth and I'm in a jihad in Iran and all the rest of these guys all over the world and all the crazy things that could happen, I just remember he's still in charge. He is still in charge. Sin has its consequences. There will always be suffering as long as there's sin on this earth. But God is still the ruler. Somebody said, they're going to get a nuclear weapon and blow Israel up. And blah, blah, blah. I said, no, they're not. Not going to happen. Oh, you think Israel's military is that strong? No, I read the book. It's not going to happen. You say, how's, how's that going to happen? I don't know how God's going to stop it, but it's not going to happen. It says so right in here. He is still in charge. Now, I I want to try to tie this psalm up here very quickly. Bless the Lord, ye his angels. Now, what the psalmist is doing here in his song, he starts out with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. He's saying, I want my life to be a blessing to bring joy to God. Then he echoes out as he goes through all of the benefits of the individual, of the nation, of Israel. And we can include that to any nation that will follow him and to the following generations. Then he says, bless the Lord, ye angels that excel in strength. I mean, one angel, 185,000 soldiers in one night, just one. That's a frightening thought. But here, the psalmist encourages the angels to bless his name. They're going to because they obey his word. 
Then we go to the next verse. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his host, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. And though this may primarily be speaking of angels, he still wants you and I to be his servants. He wants you and I to do his pleasure. To bless the Lord. Remember Revelation 4.11? Everything is created for his pleasure. Amen. Then this interesting last verse. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. You know, when the Lord created this world and this universe in which we live, it says He saw it, that it was very good. And do you know what mankind has been doing ever since? Trying to say that it's so fragile that if we don't do this and we don't do that, it's all going to fall apart. Let me tell you something. God made this world well. They're trying to find life on other planets. They got that Mars rover. And they've been sorely disappointed time and time again. You know what? It can't find methane in the atmosphere of Mars. You say, well, why is that important? Well, methane happens... When organic substances decompose. So we're looking for methane. And by the way, all of their experiments on a biogenesis, how life could have begun, depend on methane. So they have to have it. They can't find it. I'm so sad. No, I'm not. Now they found a planet that revolves around the sun that is in the zone that it may be temperate like our planet. And and they're trying to study this thing and trying to find out, hey, let me tell you something. God's works praise Him. Look at the beauty in this universe. Have you ever seen any of those pictures of the nebulous that are out in the... And just big clouds of dust out in the middle of nowhere in the universe. And the most beautiful colors and designs that you could ever imagine. And yet you take a blade of grass that grows up in the crack of the sidewalk and put it under a microscope and a whole new universe appears. I'll tell you what, God's works praise him. It's time that we let God do his work in us and become one of those works. So that we can bring blessing to his name. And all God's people say. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful psalm. Lord, we've just literally scratched the surface. We have not plumbed the depths or the beauty and all of the intent that is here. Lord, I pray that you would help us even during this week to take a few minutes and read over this psalm for ourselves. To just be reminded, Lord, to ask you to use us to be a blessing to you. Lord, all that you've done for us would be such a small thing for us to be a little blessing to you. Lord, we're thankful 
that you're not sitting there keeping an accounting and to see if we're worthy of your blessings. But Lord, you're good and you're gracious and you're merciful and you're plenteous in mercy toward us. Help us to fear thy name, to bless your name with our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, just take a moment if you'd like to Slip out and spend a few moments at the altar. You may. You want to pray in your seat and we'll get ready for the prayer time to follow.